Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 205 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hahn. Alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Can't believe it's October 1st already. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast remotely since March. Yeah, I know, right? I've seen you twice since then? Twice. And once was at your doorstep, and the other time... Well, hopefully soon that will change and I can at least see you virtually. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know if I saw you more than once. I might have only seen you that once. Well, I I believe I saw you actually in uh, said child doing a walk around one time. I remember I was driving. I see you guys like going like passing Garrett's house, like going towards the playground. Oh, cool. So you saw us. We didn't see you. Yeah, so but I consider I saw you you twice. (laughs) (laughs) And like you said, yeah, this might this hopefully is the last time we're doing it over the phone. Uh, You know, we won't get into it too much because we don't want to get too excited. But next week, we're gonna. We we don't. Let me knock on wood here. We're gonna try to debut a brand new platform next week and a whole new way of doing the show. It might not change a lot for you, those who listen to the audio version, um, except for the audio quality might take a huge increase. So. Fingers crossed for us that 206 brings good things for the show. Yes, yes. Uh, but we got a big one for you tonight. We got our picks of the week. We have trivia. It's 12 and a half to 11 and a half. Sam is in the lead. Uh, hopefully puts me out of my misery tonight because this one's been going on a long time. I blew a lead again. Sam's had a lead for a long time. He's yet to win, but he's yet to blow it because I just cannot come back on him. Uh, Sam, we'll start with the gaming news. We have reviews for Crash 4 for Star Wars Squadrons, the single player impressions for Super Mario Brothers 35, uh, some big Pokemon Sword and Shield news, some Smash DLC fighter news. That's where our top three is going to lie, by the way. We've done it before. We've done top three fighters that we'd like to see in Smash Bros before, but now there's only four left. So we're going to kind of redo that top three a little bit and freshen it up a little bit uh, for movies. Hawkman has been cast in a big DC movie. A former, I guess, MCU villain is reprising his role coming back. <laughs> Another MCU star is getting his own spinoff series with Disney plus uh, resident evil is not just getting one Netflix series. They're getting a couple and a, and a podcast favorite show is getting a fifth and final season. All that before I do a couple of music reviews, a couple albums that I've been really looking forward to that, uh, I'm really excited to talk about. And then Sam CGC spotlight before we get on out of here. So again, a big night. Let's start it off as we customarily do with our picks of the week. So my pick of the pick of the week this week is a little comic book story called Middle West. I don't know if you heard about it, but it ended maybe last month. It was only 18 issues. It was written by Scotty Young, art by Jorge Corona. And I, I remember seeing the first number one, and it just had this cover of like this tornado in his face, like this hand coming at you. And I just thought it was just so dynamic. And I bought, I just bought the cover without even knowing anything about the story. I'm not even a huge like Scotty Young guy, but th- this kind of book, just it shined like a new light on him for me just tells a story about abel and his family's past and now he's on this adventure full of hidden like magics and this town's been destroyed and he's on this journey with this fox to try to find his dad or escape his dad you know i don't want to give too much away but 18 issues i think they just announced a full paperback that's coming out if you don't want to just obviously buy all single issues but i think this is one that you definitely have to check out CGC actually just had a signing with Scotty Young, and CGC actually asked one of my questions to Scotty, and I, I put it on my story, Stamp P2 1589 on IG, that will we see any more Middle West down the road? And he said, that's actually a great question, and, you know, it's something that we just had an 18-issue story to tell, and, you know, who knows, we may see it come down the road, so it was good to see that we may not be done with the story of Middle West, so it's by Image Comics, so I check your local comic book stores out, they can really use the the help right now with the pandemic and everything like that. So check it out. Middle West can't beat it. My pick of the week uh, is a television show. But before I do that, I want to real quick um, update last week's pick of the week. Uh, I said last week, my pick of the week was a band Seaway with the song big vibe. And I said on there, Hey, I really hope it's accompanied by a record, but they just released one last year. So I don't know if that's the case. 
well, not only are they uh, are they coming out with a record, it's coming out in two weeks, October 16th. So, yeah, and it's called Big Vibe, the record. So Seaway, um, I stand by that pick of the week. One of my favorite songs of the year. They did announce a record called Big Vibe coming October 16th. They actually released a new song today. Still Blue is the name of the song. So if you liked it from the pick of the week last week, they now have three singles out from this record. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, before I even get my hands on this record, just from the three I've heard, it's going to be in the conversation at the end of the year when we do our top three. I'd, I'd like to think the way things are going, it'll fall Hot Mulligan, Seaway, and the Front Bottoms, but we do got Bearings coming out. We got a couple other bands coming out with some stuff uh, before the end of the year. I Am The Avalanche just talked about plenty, their release date. Plenty of time left, plenty so of time. this is going to be arguably the best year, like for me at least. Uh, for, yeah, for, I was a good music. I haven't really listened to too much. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this to, for this when we do our end of the year customary re- awards for our top three everything and and this one's gonna be a tough one for me for music but th- that's not my pick of the week this week as well not still blue but it is a great song I just wanted to update last week's pick of the week that there will be an album if you like the song based on the recommendation there's more on the way from Seaway mine this week it just happened and uh, it's kind of everywhere right now and it's. You know, I don't even know if it hit HBO Max yet, but the pandemic special of South Park was was just phenomenal. It was just I, I, I didn't I didn't watch it, but it, it's South Park. I knew they were going to knock South Park. And, and they've been off their game for a while and they've been off their game since the whole Tegrity Farms and like a cohesive storyline. So the past two or three seasons, I haven't really been into it at all. And and I'm like, OK, anything that South Park's going to do around this pandemic might just be gold. And, and they they nailed they nailed it. And uh, they Randy, Randy Marsh sells weed now. That's where Tegrity Farms is. And he named it the pandemic special. And oh, there you go. Uh, so it, it's just and there's things that happen as a result of it. And my God, was Cartman had a song about social distancing and it was hilarious mm-hmm. and how He's so fat and lazy that he doesn't want the pandemic to end because that means that there's no more social distancing. He carries around a six foot pole with him and like holds it to his mom. He's like, ma, six feet, ma, six fucking feet, ma. So it's, it was, it was a brilliant hour. So it was an hour long episode. It wasn't just a normal half hour. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. We got the old hour long. I believe it happened Tuesday, maybe Wednesday night. So it is hot off the presses, but it was phenomenal. I watched it um, on my DVR almost immediately after I got out of work yesterday. So um, loved it. It's vintage South Park. It's like the it's it's a good hint towards South Park coming back stronger than they have been over the last few years because they needed it. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited for what the rest of this season will hold if this pandemic special had anything to say about it. So good on you, South Park. Uh, let's get into our trivia 12 for you or sorry 12 and a half for you 11 and a half for me i'm gonna give you the question first try to see if you can put me out of my misery but give me a little glimmer of hope at the end all right brother what you got it's in your lane but it's tough okay in crash three which is crash warped dr neocortex is not the the only main antagonist of the game who else shares that role of main antagonist Hmm. I think I have. Uh, I, I don't. It could be a few people. I'm could be based on my answers. It could be four people. Yeah, but um, you probably have the main bad guys in there. Hmm. I don't remember three. I'm trying to think. In my head. Like so, they're just saying there was two big baddies. Yeah, one was Doctor Neocortex. Who was the other? Let me hear the names. Uh, you want the answers? Yeah. Was it A, Uka Uka? Was it B, Dingo Dial? Was it C, Dr. Nitrous Brio? Or was it D, Nina Cortex? Let's go Dingo, B. That is incorrect. It was Uka Uka, which is the ma- like the brother or the whatever of the mask, Aka Aka, I believe it is. God, I'm, I'm glad I asked for answers. I was going to say Tiny, so yeah, they, I'm uh, glad I asked. I believe Uka Uka is the like, an overarching bad from the first or second game. And then finally in the third one, he shares the, the spotlight with Neocortex. But in the in the vein of Crash 4 being available now, uh, wanted to give you a Crash Bandicoot question. So still 12 Great and a half to 11 and a half. 
I, I think I have a slam dunk. This is a classic movie, and I, I know I'm pretty sure we both love this movie. So, what musical what musical group in character Marty McFly a member of in the film Back in the Future? I'm sorry. Uh, what? What musical group is the character Marty McFly a member of in the film Back to the Future? Like, it, what was his band's name in the movie? The Pinheads. Correct. Yeah. Nice, I, nice little lob up for you. Buddy. I, 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 like I just close. wanted to make sure that that's what you were asking, because I was yeah, like, I, I, maybe the word I fumbled over my handwriting is not great, but dude, we're tied. There you go, brother. I like it close. We are. I don't, I don't like to sneak away as a lead. I'd rather give you an easy lob it back up. We're tied up, and we'll go from there. You know what, though? You know what's kind of ironic? If we get this new technology next week to work, we're going to be able to see each other, which I feel like is only fitting that we stare at each other in the face when it's twelve and a half to twelve and a half. Even yeah, though there's no you know, guaranteed I, I like winner, it close. I, there's no guaranteed winner next week. You got to win by uh, two. Yeah, you can't win next week. But uh, I, I'm excited to uh, to be evened up for the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take it over in gaming. We got two reviews. We got an impression. Well, let's start with the big one. We got the Crash 4 review. Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. It's available right now. It's both respectful of the series that came before it, while also giving it the modern update it needed with new gameplay, depth of character, and a beautiful look. Toys for Bob, they just get Crash. It's few, it's fresh ideas from gig, big gameplay additions like playable characters to supplementary uh, but no less enjoyable aspects like the inverted mode to quality of life improvements like the shadow circle under Crash's jumps all now feel as natural to Crash as though they'd been there all along. 8-0. sounds a little better, but I'll take it. That's a solid grade. And uh, I read Amazon. It should be in my doorstep today. I read the uh, full review, and, and I believe the docked points came from some of the additional playable characters, not just Crash. They have projectiles, like they can shoot, and they don't have – when you aim, there's no reticle, so you kind of just got to hope that you're pointing in the right direction a little bit. Gotcha. So I think that's where it came. I don't know where the other potential knocks would have been. They didn't really get into its major flaws, if if any, in there. Besides yeah, they, they didn't say anything. They were just all singing his praises. So that's why I kind of why I voted nine. Yeah. Next up, we have the Star Wars Squadrons single player review. Yeah, the multiplayer. It's the game's not out yet, so it's tough to do a multiplayer review when when there's no multiplayer yeah. to be had just yet. So this is yeah. the single player campaign. It is also available in VR and it is also out today. Uh, Star Wars Squadron single player campaign missions are a feast for Star Wars fans' eyes and ears, especially in VR. Its engaging space combat is a great balance of approachable arcade control with the added nuance of simulation-like systems, which combine with astonishingly detailed ships and cockpits for the most authentic-feeling ride since the legendary X-Wing and TIE Fighter games back in the 90s. Star Wars Squadrons doesn't end up doing anything too memorable with its charming characters or interesting rival squadron setup, but... This campaign still tells an entertaining Star Wars story I enjoyed no matter which cockpit I was in. Edo. That is correct. That's, hey, that's solid. Two, two new games and solidates across the board. They, they both should do well. Yeah, and they'll both be, they both should be on my doorstep by the time everybody's hearing this episode as well. So I hey. am psyched for that because hopefully I can get a... I know I'm going to get some crash in, some much-needed crash. I don't know how much squadrons I'll get in. But since we have a week till next episode, I'm pretty positive I will at least have some impressions of both of those games by the time we speak. And you should have some Crash 4 impressions as well. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to that. I'm pretty sure I know your thoughts on this next one. But let's hear your Super Mario Bros. 35 impressions. Yeah, that that crazy Super Mario game that was announced during that Direct with the uh, 35 players play at once, Battle Royale-style Mario game. It's available. It's out now. Um, I knew I was interested in it. I knew I was going to play the shit out of it. Um, and I'm very, very, very obsessed with it. So basically, uh, uh, it's insane. So again, 35 players playing Mario, same time, not all on the same screen. There's 34 screens that surround your big screen 
and uh, you can kind of glance where people are, but you don't get the full scope. But anyway, you can go on the offense, you can go on the defense. So let's say I kill five enemies in my game. They then get sent out to the other players and get added to their game. And if if they kill enemies, they can get sent to my game. Now, you can manually pick someone to send those enemies to, or you can do one of four things. You can randomly send them. You can automatically send them to the person with the uh, least amount of time on their clock remaining to try and trip them up even more and potentially have that timer run out. You can send them to the person with the most coins. That way, when they get hit, they have to use coins to, you know, get power ups and stuff. So that'll help you. Uh, And also you can go on the defensive. And then if someone's like targeting you, you can target them right back just by hitting one button. So there's a lot of strategy in there. It's not just whoever can last the longest. But I will tell you, being a speedrunner of the game and playing it nonstop for what years now, since 2017, I think I kind of have an advantage. Uh, my first 10 games I I beat, I came in first place four times, including two of Jeez. my first four matches. So uh, it's it's really good. The, the downfall that I have, and it's a pretty major one, unfortunately, the big flaw, and I get why they do it. I'm level 56 already um, just because I just never finish outside the top five. Like I, it just doesn't, I, you know, unless I just make a crazy mistake. Um, the big issue is right now, even though I've played 31 matches, I, you, you start with one level unlocked and then you, when you beat that level, you can go to the next one, go to the next one, but they randomly switch. You don't just progress normally in the game, like laterally, literally. So you never know what you're going to play. So I'm sitting there on three dash two waiting to get to three dash three, but because it's random, it has not taken me there yet. And I've played 31 times. I've beaten level one dash one over 60 times already. Wow. Because it just shoots you back to the same 10 levels right now because it just won't fucking unlock. So I'm, I'm a little frustrated there that I'm playing the same 10 levels over and over and over. And at a certain yeah, point, that's boring. at a certain point, like the reason it's not boring yet is because it's the battle Royale style and I'm playing against people and I want to finish first. So there's always that like thing, but you also develop your strategies. So like at a certain point, it's just a little repetitive. If I'm in one, one, let me just get past these enemies. I know where the star is. I know where the fire flower is. I know this, I know that. And I know where the one up is. Let me get that. Same with two dash one and one dash two and all this stuff. So like, that's a little frustrating. Um, and a little, I guess it's a little repetitive and it's going to get a little boring if it doesn't change quickly. Um, so I'm looking forward to when I eventually unlock all 32 levels, cause that will be madness. So I'm going to keep playing it in hopes that those things happen quickly. So I can then enjoy 32 levels of a battle Royale. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. And then the other downfall is that they're taking it away from us on March 31st when the anniversary is technically over, aka the fiscal year for Nintendo. So that's a that's a shitty thing as you invest all this time for something that's just going to go away. But yeah. at the other side, the other side of it, it's free. So you can't really complain because it's free. I mean, like yeah. maybe on the thirty first they charge ten bucks if you want to keep it. It's something like that. I don't. I don't really know. But mostly positive. Love the gameplay. Love the, the the thrill of victory. Love like playing a game I've played since I was two against other people for the first time. That game's never been co-op or online. That's nuts. So like that's a pretty cool thing. I just wish that all the levels were unlocked from the start. That would be my biggest gripe is that I'm a little bored of the same 10 levels. Well, I mean, but eventually it's going to, you're going to get that new level, right? Yeah. Or no? Uh-huh. Eventually when I keep playing, but I'm like, games don't go quickly, you know? Cause like, yeah. It's a 35-year-old game. A lot of people have it memorized. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, at one point, I, with one Koopa shell, I jumped on it and then slid it across the level. It killed 37 enemies before it touched anything. So, like, there are a lot of things that jump on the screen. And, like, there's a point where I had three Bowsers on my same screen that I had to get around. And it it was just nuts. So, like... When it's down to that final five, it gets absolutely nuts. But at the same time, it'd be a lot more fun if 32 levels were available instead of just 10 because you can kind of memorize your strategies 
And I feel yeah. like when the levels open up more um, and there's more levels, then I then it'll be a little less predictable of how to win. You can't just do the same strategy. I'm, I'm, I mean, I figured you loved it, but you know, it's good to see that you take, don't say it's a, it's a perfect 10 out of 10 game. There's, there's no flaws at all. So I respect your honesty. N- next up, we had the Pokemon Sword and Shield Crown Thunder news. Yeah, they What'd hit us. Think? They hit us on Monday saying like, hey, by the way, tomorrow, get your ass ready because uh, we're going to drop a, a freaking Pokemon presentation to get you ready for the Crown Tundra. And I was like, are they going to shadow drop this thing? Am I going to just have to call out of work? Like, you know, am I just going to have to figure this out? And no, they didn't. It's coming out, um, I believe, October 22nd. Uh, So not very far, which is great. It's this month. Um, It might be October 28th. Let me just double check really quick. But while I'm doing that, they showed off like a three minute trailer. Um, It showed a bunch of Pokemon that are not that are going to be like available now. So um Electabuzz, Magmar, Nido, all the Nido King and Nido Queen line. Like that's going to be psyched. October 22nd is the date. Um, they showed a couple different uh, new areas, but like there wasn't a whole bunch of stuff in there that we didn't already know. This big thing was here's the release date. You're three weeks away from playing it, which is great. I'm psyched on that. It's going to be bigger than the Isle of Armor. We got what Galarian Slow King looks like. So we got that. Um, and we now know that every legendary is going to be back, but we kind of already knew that, but now we know how we're going to go catch them. And this was the point of contention amongst the fan base. And I personally do not care that they're doing it this way for one main reason. And, and I'll get into it in a second. So in the game, you, there's these things called Dynamax dens. You go up to them. There's a big shining light. You go into it. You can go in there with four friends in co-op and the big giant Pokemon's there. You kill it and then you can catch it. Uh, well, you defeat it, and then you can catch it. And that's how you get Di- uh, Dynamax, Gigantamax Pokemon. They're doing that for the Legendary. So you actually have to go through the den with friends, and there's the Legendary. You battle it. You have to catch it, and there you go. The difference here is, and I like this a lot, is you're going through a – it's called a Dynamax adventure where you and three friends actually go through multiple paths, and you actually have to uh, battle multiple Pokemon – before you get to the legendary. So it's not so easy. Uh, I like that. And you can switch out your Pokemon for the one you just caught as you progress. So only one person can do it. So it's actually kind of some strategy to it. I like that too. Uh, So it's not just kind of like, I'm going to be able to catch all these legendaries in 10 minutes. It's going to take some time. It's going to be fun. But the point of contention is that you don't get to use your Pokemon. You use rental Pokemon. Uh, that the game will give you and people are freaking out rental Pokemon. Yeah. So like, it'll give you 10 Pokemon to pick from that, that you don't own like a level 50 Butterfree, a level 50 Charizard level. And you just pick which one you want as opposed to going through your Pokemon and picking your Pokemon. And people are, I I, I could say I'm like 50, 50 on that. I I could see it. Not hear me out. So the, the reason I, I just literally do not care at all and I'm completely fine with it. If there are good choices, which I'm sure there will be, there's 850 freaking Pokemon now. I'd, I'd hope you pick some good ones. The reason I don't care is one, when we played Pokemon Stadium, the way we played it was you pick your team based on rentals. Like, no, none of us put our game in the pack and then put the pack in the controller and used our actual. Po- Nobody did that. You just battled with the level 50s that they gave you. You picked six, you battled four, and you got on with your life. So, like, this is not the first time the Pokemon company has said we're going to use rentals. Secondly, I don't want to get my legendaries cheap. I want it to be difficult. I want it to be challenging. And so many people hack their game and put in fake Pokemon. They put in a shiny level 100 Mewtwo with the best moves possible. And they say, oh, uh, this is mine now. And they hack these shiny legendaries into the game and if i'm going to go into a raid with my legitimate level 95 scissor and three level 100 you know muse that are all hacked and shiny that's cheap and that's way too easy so they said we don't want you to put your fake ass pokemon in the game we're going to give you a choice and i think that's going to turn some players off but i think the players it's going to turn off are the people that have hacked shit and i don't want them playing anyway so at the end of the day, I really don't care so long as the, the Pokemon they give us are good 
Pokemon to pick from. Yeah, man, like you said, there's going to be decent Pokemon. They're not just going to throw Weedles at you. Yeah. But I mean, I'm still on the fence with the Dynamax thing. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's not money more from Power Rangers. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I guess I'm old school with that shit. I don't know. And, I, and, you, and you have to play with other people. It's like you can't do this on your own if you wanted to. Bullshit. I got every one of them by myself. Oh, did you? Oh, so you, you so you can take down these Dynamax by yourself? You they they give you they give you three uh, computer players to play with. So okay. okay. I, I've cool. never I've never gone on with humans. I usually do it by gotcha. myself. Now, if it's a five star, big giant legendary raid or whatever, then I then I usually go in with somebody online because then they are not stupid. They know how to yeah. play, so it's a, a little better, a little bit more of an advantage. But yeah, if I'm just looking for something, I'll, I'll go in by myself. Um, gotcha. So that that's fine. That's all well and good. I like the release date. It's coming. Uh, three weeks, and then that'll be it for Sword and Shield, which is kind of weird. This game's been, I've been playing it for almost a year now. Um, I put over 100 hours into it, so there's that. I'll put another probably 15 in to the, to the Crown Tundra, maybe actually, maybe more with legendaries. I'll probably have to put 15 just to get those legendaries. So. Easy, easy. And then there's three brand new legendaries in this game Calyrex and the two new Regis, and the Galarian forms of Moltres, Aptos, Articuno. And the regular forms. So we're actually going to get both forms of the original trilogy of the legendary. So there's going to be a lot of legendaries around that I'm that I'm excited to get because there are plenty of legendaries that I didn't play Pokemon for a good seven, eight years. And there's a lot of legendaries I missed that I don't own right now. So yeah. I'm really, really happy that I'm going to get my chance to get all of them, especially Cresselia. I really want them. <laughs> of course, you got to collect them all, right? That's right. Sm- Smash DLC Fighter Number Seven has been revealed, and a new Sakurai Presents will be available October third at ten thirty a.m. Showing off the new fighters. And I was so psyched on this news because it just kind of came out of nowhere, and it came the same week as Pokemon news. So I was like, "Oh, maybe that's a sign. You never know. Maybe we're going to get our Gen Eight Pokemon representation. We'll get Rillaboom or something." And uh, talking online, some of our listeners wanted Crash, and of course I wanted Crash. That was my number one. And Crash coming out today. They're gonna are they gonna do this the day before Crash comes out? That'd be awesome, good timing. But then again, Crash is not coming to Switch at this time. So does that make sense? Maybe that's the fourth fighter, along with the announcement of Crash coming to to, to Switch. Because I have a theory for who the last one's gonna be, but I'll get to that in our top three. The trailer starts. I have no idea. I pick up my phone real quick just to look. And uh, I'm sorry. No, that was after. So trailer starts. And Mario, Terry, Sonic, and somebody are on the stage fighting or whatever. Mario gets flung into a cave. And as soon as he gets flung into the cave, the blocks are squared. Not rounded, not pointy. They're squared. So I was like, fuck it. It's Minecraft. And I knew it almost right away. And it turns out that it was right. Steve from Minecraft is coming to Smash, which while I don't like Minecraft and don't really care, this is enormous because Minecraft is the greatest, best-selling yeah, selling, selling game. game freaking ever. So, I mean, hey, I, of course, it's a great partner move, but for people like us who don't play Minecraft, it's like, ah, okay. Well, well at the, the same, guy. but at the same time, at the same time, I'll, Early for me. I'll slow the roll there because I play characters in Smash all the time that I don't play their game so like from a character use standpoint if he's a good fighter i'll use the shit out of him that's how i that's how i think of smash i don't just pick the fighters that i play the games but i don't have any inkling like this doesn't get me excited to go play minecraft and i'm gonna go try that game out because that's just not my style it never has been it It'll never, never be, be downloaded. But 200 million people have downloaded it. And 200 million people have played it. And 130 million people play it monthly still. It is still an Fairness. absolute juggernaut. So, you know, whether you care or not, whether he's your type of fighter or not, whether Minecraft is your shtick or not, man, what a great move to get the attention on smash from a global perspective. Cause you absolutely know in Minecraft, when you boot that game up, you're going to get that ad on the very front that says, Steve is in smash. Click here to go pre-order or go click here to go play yeah. smash or buy smash or whatever. I'll take you to the Nintendo site or whatever. Like just genius move there 
on Nintendo's part. Now, also, Microsoft owns Mojang, which is the creator of Minecraft. Microsoft owns Minecraft. This is the second Microsoft fighter we've gotten in the DLC outside of Banjo and Kazooie. So now Microsoft is strengthening that relationship with Nintendo that much more that now anything is on the table because Steve is there, uh, Banjo is there, who else that my, my, you know, Microsoft has that, especially after their Bethesda acquisition, could it be Doom Guy? Could it be, you know, a Gears character? There are a lot of different possibilities from a Microsoft perspective. Uh, so whether you care or not about Minecraft, this is enormous news. If you want more uh, on Steve, now there's Alex, there's Neverender or Neverend, and there's Zombie. So there's going to be four different skins. I think Alex might even be an Echo. I'm not 100% sure. They haven't really gone into it. It was like a three-minute trailer, a two-minute talk, and then he said, tune in Saturday of all days, which is weird, Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, by the way, and you'll get a Sakurai Presents where they're going to show off the fighter. So I definitely want to watch that to see if Steve is my type of fighter. Um, But what was really interesting about this is by adding the Minecraft stage, which looks like the stage will be randomly generated. It will be different every time, just like Minecraft is, which is a really nice touch. That's the 110th stage available in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Wow. They went back and modified all 109 other stages to make sure that that Steve's power of like placing craft blocks and stuff could happen on their stages. So they did a work nice. to all 110 stages in this game just to make one character fit. How they do that, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to know. But Mr. Sakurai, we don't deserve you. You're awesome. And and real quick, um, so when they were doing like I guess the Pokemon thing, when you said the one more thing, and he went to like the song music video, how butter? He, no, no, I'm just because you know they always do the one more thing, and it was a, a band and a song. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's different. Yeah, that was. I was a little disappointed <laughs> when you hear yeah. when you hear no, one no, more I, thing. I, I just want you like you just skipped over it. That's why I just wanted to touch on it just to see you here because you know you didn't say a word about it. Eh, it was an anime. The animation was awesome, and it was yeah. like it totally reminded me of the opening theme song from Yu Yu Hakusho. So like it was totally great. It was a good song. It was a great video. But like when you're gonna get, open with that, if you're gonna give me that as a one more thing, I'm going home. Like the last one more thing we got before that was God of War Ragnarok. So you know. And and did you hear the the name of the band? Uh, chicken butt or something like that. Bump of chicken. Bump of chicken, right? Yeah, sorry. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was a cool song, cool video. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> we have our top three this week. Again, there's four more fighters to be announced for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, that's it. Apparently, now maybe down the line they'll do a third DLC line, but at this time, this is the plan to do these last four fighters, and then the game will be kind of completed. Um, from a character standpoint, who knows if that's actually true, but we wanted to refresh our top three list where we go over our top three characters that we'd like to see announced as fighters in super smash brothers. Number three, I went with Agumon. I don't know if you, if you ever heard of, well, of the, Digi- the Digimon, Digimon, yeah. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon's and fucking you- rad, dude. Yeah, so I used to watch it back in the day with my cousin and you know, it came out two, two years after Pokemon. So it definitely got the hype, maybe not as hype, obviously, as Pokemon. But, I mean, he, he looks like Charmander's second cousin. So, I mean, I feel like he, he would fit right in. By marriage or by blood? I, I would go by blood. That's right. That's right. Uh, I like that thought. And, again, anything is on the table. If you can get Sonic and Snake and Banjo, there is no franchise, unless it's a PlayStation franchise, there's just, there's just nothing that's yeah. un, like that's off the table. Mine, this was my theory earlier, and I think that if this character were to happen, it won't happen until the very last character announced for the entire pack. And that, my friend, is Master Chief. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense that he'd eventually be on there. You have, hype, up the, hype, hype up the new Halo when it eventually comes out. You have. That is definitely part of it. Is there What better way to cement that relationship of Halo and and... And Microsoft and Nintendo by doing it, you know, near-ish to the launch of Halo Infinite. That's one. Two, you already have two existing Microsoft characters in the game now. Uh, so that's not out of the realm of possibility. And both were DLC. So that is, it is a trend now that we have two Microsoft DLC characters. Three, 
we don't really have that style of fighter. And I could see a lot of cool different things. The needler, the shield, the sword. There's like, he can shoot and he can wield the sword. I think like that's a two for one. That would be pretty interesting from a gameplay perspective. Um, And last but not least, and this is the dumbest reason, but the reason that I believe it could happen the most is uh, master chief's most iconic line from the entire halo franchise is finish this fight just like that. And you know I how like, it, I, I feel like that just a token off Mortal Kombat. I don't know. I don't like it. It's part of the story. But anyway, so if like when a Smash character gets announced, they have their name and then they have like a fun little thing underneath of it, like, you know, Charizard's fired up or whatever. And like they have those little touches. There. Like a little tag. Like a little, little tagline. Tag yeah. Master Chief finishes the fight. And there it goes. He's the last character. It finishes the DLC. It's like that that nice bow tied on the pretty present. And it's also a direct pull from his most famous line from the games. Give me Master Chief and Smash. I dig it. My number two, I went with Dante from Devil May Cry. And it's such a good possibility. Dude, there's a big possibility here. No, I mean, again, we all know it's one of my favorite game franchises, if not my favorite franchise of all time. I think he just fits right in there. They have so many sword fighters. What's one more? You have his guns there with him. Maybe he can kind of do his devil form as like a secret attack or something like that. I think he would fit in like a glove. There has been a lot of speculation about Dante being a possibility. Capcom has representatives in Smash. There's Mega Man, for example. So there's already the precedent there that that Capcom would allow a character like Dante into the game. There's a demand. He's usually on the top 10 of every poll. Hey, who do you want to see in smash? He's usually on the top 10. So I would, and I personally would love it. I would love his look from the first game, but I feel like it'll give you his look from the fifth. And then maybe as an alternate costume, give you the DMC and devil may cry one as like the alternates. I was going to say, shit, give him all his costumes. It's only four or five. They got it. Yeah, that would be awesome. My number two, uh, there's not a real big explanation here all outside of I've wanted it forever. It's never happened, and I don't know why. Give me Waluigi. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kept that off the list for me just out, you know, out of respect for you. I knew he was going to be on your list. I, that, that's been your boy for a while. I have no idea how he's not in it yet. Um, he's it, just, yeah, that, that, it, it don't even make sense. He's Nintendo's purposely forgot. He's like Mother. They know everybody wants them, but they just won't give it to us. That's how I'll end that one. That's a shame. My number one should be no surprise. Crash Bandicoot. His hype, his remasters, the, you know, the insane trilogy, the new game that's literally out today. I feel like his popularity, it, it's on the rise. People are starting to remember or new, new people are getting finally shown him the first time. And I, I think he's finally going to get the credit he deserves. My number one is also Crash. And I feel like out of all of them, he is the most likely. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's not like he's exclusive. He's to everyone. Everyone loves the character. The game sales have been great. You know, strike while the iron top. Yeah, I got nothing else to add to that except just how much fun it would be. Like you get a ma- you get all the masks. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. And you get all the masks as like your final smash. And like I, I, he does that when you jump off the boxes and you do that belly flop to yeah. break. That could be his down spat, his down smash. Yeah, it's like Kurt, it's like Kirby's move. Like. Uh, you know, he could turn into an angel. Like when he dies, he turns into an angel and floats up. That could be his up smash where he like his recovery move to, to get off the platforms. So I, I, I can see the move set. I could see the final smash. His design would be great. Um, and uh, I would be totally all for crash bandicoot. Give me crash for smash. Xbox series X have made their way into some media's hands. Yeah, like all the major outlets have themselves Xbox Series Xs. They're playing with them. They're messing with them. And uh, there's a lot of good feedback that I just wanted to share really, really quick about um, about the performance and how games that are on the 360 that are being backwards compatible and the Xbox One that are backwards compatible are looking so insanely better. But the thing I wanted to talk about the most is the the UI, which it boots up in just seconds like you turn it on it's on it's really nice touch there and also uh the loading times on xbox one x the souped up version of the xbox one red dead redemption 2's opening loading screen was two minutes and eight seconds 
on the Xbox Series X, that loading time is 38 seconds. Wow, gotta love that. You take off 90 seconds of loading where we're looking at our phones, we're being taken out of the immersion, we're over it, we don't want to play it anymore. You give us 38 seconds. That's insane. Um, So love that. There's a lot of great instances like The Outer Worlds, 43 second load time down to 11 seconds. Control, a minute down to 10 seconds. So they're shaving off a lot of that. You can snap to multiple games at once and pick up right where you left off. The console is fucking enormous. Like, it's huge. It's a big boy. So I am very looking forward to Sony's comp chart when the PS5 gets into the hands of the the retailers and into the hands of the reviewers and the IGNs of the world where they go and do their PS4 Pro comparisons and see their load times. And now, inevitably, you're going to get the Xbox Series X versus PS5 load times. And I'm interested to see which one of those will stack up because this is just like, this is what you're going to get with this gen. It's not all about the graphics. The graphics are already so pretty on a PS4 and an Xbox one X. Yeah. It can't get that much like better right now. We're like almost at the precipice. You really, really can't. So it's going to be in those quality of life improvements, like loading times, like instantly being able to turn a game on and play it right away. Like snapping between three different games at once, which is, for digital players, you can't really do that with discs because you'd have to put the disc in. But point being that it can it has the ability to do that. Um, so like that's what you're getting in this world. And then the draw distances and, and things like that. So really looking forward to this gen. And, and I'm happy that people have nothing but positive things to say about the Series X so far. Uh, that's two weeks in a row with good Microsoft news. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference in the end. But at least it's not the Xbox One, which just shat the bed for a full year after release. Virgil will be a playable character in the PS5 version of Devil May Cry 5 and a paid DLC pack for the PS4 version. I I don't own P, uh, Devil May Cry 5. You do. I'll let you take this one. What are your thoughts? Because I know you're interested in getting the special edition for PS5. Yeah, dude, that's that, that's fine. I'm gonna buy it for PS5. I, the trailer, I was, you know, again, I thought it was a new one. I'm still hyped. Shit, Virgil's is, is such a badass character to play. I, I love all the side characters that you play too. So it's just gonna be like, I think that was one of the most fun playthroughs of any Devil May Cry, of playing the other characters, of changing it up, finding new techniques, new combos, and I just had had such a blast. This is a definite buy for me. That's awesome. Yeah, he'll come standard in the PS5 special edition. But if you want to, if you don't have a PS5 or a Series X and you're going to play it on the old consoles, you can buy him as a part of a paid DLC pack. I think the special edition is only going to be 40 or 50 bucks. Um, yeah, so that's not bad. I, I, I could buy that bullet. Yeah, which is nice. I mean, listen, if I were you, I'd have done it too. I wouldn't have just, I, you're such a Devil May Cry guy that it makes sense for you to support that franchise and buy that game again. Plus you get all plus you get all the perks of playing it on a PlayStation 5 as opposed to PlayStation 4. What you got to do is you got to think back to your time with it with the PS4 and you got to hit me with some of those with some of those comparisons and differences once this launches for PS5 because I have a feeling you're going to get a, a much better experience. I mean, I, I I don't know. I, I love 5. Like I I didn't really find anything wrong with when I first played it. I thought it was one of the funnest games that they ever made and it was like such a I think a, a nice step up, something fresh from the franchise that that they really needed. Yeah, I don't I don't mean like that though. I mean like if you like the game, you're getting the same game. But I mean like the visuals, the load times, the the. I, I mean, I, it probably won't be different until I actually get a 4K TV. Then I probably would see some some you know some 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 differences. I swear to God, you had a 4K TV now. No, 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 not not yet. Oh, or, or if I do, it's in the living room and it's not going to be uh, a game. PS5 is going to my room. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. 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 All right. Yeah, that'll do it for the gaming section. I'll take over here in movies. And this is something that uh, I know you're psyched for. And the more and more news we get for this film, the better. Hawkman has been cast in the Black Adam film. Welcome to the show, Aldous Hodge. Yeah, I've seen him in a few things. I know that he was in Die Hard with the Vengeance. That was actually his first ever movie. And he was in A Good Day to Die Hard. The one from the 90s, Die Hard with the Vengeance? Yeah, 95, yes, sir. Holy shit, I didn't I know he was a happy, happy feet, you know, straight out of Compton. So he was definitely in some big movies. And like I've seen some people kind of say, like, oh, Hawkman's a white character. It's like, well, guys, if you know Hawkman's story, he reincarnates. So to me, it's perfect. You know, he could be an Asian guy, he could be 
black, white, blue. I, I think this is actually the perfect because you know the story of Hawkman or Hawk Girl that they keep reincarnating just every every time, and they kind of just not live the same exact life, but you know they could be reincarnated. So to me, this this makes the perfect sense, and to hear it on. You basically everyone found that through rocks. I believe it was Instagram, and you basically hit you beat by beat of him calling, um, calling Hodge about like, hey, you got this job, and I, he th- he thought it was one of his buddies like joking. So it was just kind of funny. You're like, stop playing, man, stop playing. But you know, the rock was like, no, I want to call you personally. You got the job, and and I, I can't wait to see this film. I can't fucking stand people that complain about this type of stuff. Like you said, like he's supposed to be this color or supposed to be this, whatever. We always get that. Those, those same assholes that probably say that are, that say that are probably the same people that love Stormfront in the boys. And Oh, by the way, in the comics, Stormfront was a guy. So you probably don't even know that, but you know that just Stormfront as a character in the show is so good. It doesn't fucking matter. Who cares yeah. what they're traditionally supposed to be? Let this new thing happen and just let's enjoy it, man. And I'm giving Aldous Hodge my full support in this role. Fuck who it's supposed to be or what the traditional, you know, gender or race or whatever for the character. Who cares? Why would you want the same thing? Let's try to get something new. I'm psyched, man. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see it. So next we just have Cyclone and uh, Dr. Fate. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to see who uh, the Rock's going to cast it for this part. Dr. Fate's going to be Haley Joel Osment. And, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, nah, dude, they, 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 and I think, you know, he might have saved it for last being because Fate is one of the most powerful DC characters they have. So Daniel Craig take, taking their time on this role. Daniel Craig. There it is. You never know. Jamie Foxx is reportedly joining the MCU as Electro for the next Spider Man film. And you might ask yourself, wait a minute. Wasn't he? Yes. Yes, he was. He already was Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and he's going to be reprising that character. Yeah, it kind of came out of left field. Uh, I never heard nothing like this was in the works. Um, I, I know me and you talked earlier via uh, text message, but we basically said, like, yeah, they're going to have to, uh, you know, definitely make him look a little bit better because I know we weren't a fan of how kind of how he looked. I know we were not alone. In that regard, my friend, there there's left field and then there's this. Like, yeah, you could have said to me, hey, Greg, there's going to be a former MCU. Or, I'm sorry, a formal former Marvel person coming back to the MCU. Who do you think it would be? And Jamie Foxx's Electro would be on my bottom three that I'd guess. Oh, yeah. And, and the only person behind him is Paul Giamatti. Is Rhino. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I would I would say that Franco. I would have a tough time coming back to, but yeah, man. I don't know. I, I I would see Franco coming back more than Rhino. Yeah, didn't they redo the Green Goblin in the Amazing movies too? With yeah, that they, kid? They, yeah, that Dane DeHaan played him. Yeah, that kid from Chronicle. So yeah, yep. that. Uh, regardless, though, again, if they make the while he's Electro, if they make that look good, because it just looked like a blurry mess in Amazing Spider-Man Two. If they give him the special effects, love and care, he can bring a lot to the role. When Jamie Foxx was Jamie Foxx in that movie, he was good. When he was Electro, yeah, yeah, not Jamie so Foxx is a good actor. He's a really, really good actor. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. Award winning actor. That's right. So I'll give him a shot, especially because these these last two Spider Man films were really, really good. So I'm you got J. Jonah Jameson and now Jamie Foxx. You got the old school coming back. Maybe James Franco will be back because that's what that's the route they're going. Maybe Willem Dafoe will make it a, a reappearance as a Green Goblin. You hey, just never know. Works for me. <laughs> All right, our last story. Oh no, I'm sorry. There's two a good story and then a dumpster fire story to end to end the movie section. But the good story, Borat Two. It's got a different name. I don't really remember it, though. So I'm just calling it Borat 2. A sequel to Borat. We said that it was in the works last week. We now have more detail. It will be available on Amazon Prime Video, which almost everyone has. An awesome, awesome, awesome platform. Let's get Amazon Prime uh, some some more love because they deserve it. But October 20. Third, just a yeah, so few super weeks. fast. Three weeks from today, and we got a three-minute trailer. Yeah, and I watched it, and it, it's as wacky as you can as you could think. With just Sasha Baron Cohen back as Borat, and it's, all right, thank you, Amazon. The, the sequel I didn't know I, I wanted. <laughs> Not to give any spoilers away, go watch the trailer for yourself. It's on our Facebook, Facebook.com/slash We Podcast, and we know things. But there is a point where I really love this touch. It was such a nice touch. 
there's a point of the trailer where he's going around his Borat and people are shouting out, Borat, Borat. And he goes, and I knew that people knew me. So I had to go undercover. Yeah, very nice. And I was like, great. They're addressing the fact, just like in Practical Jokers, like people know who these fucking guys are. It's not funny anymore. People know who Borat is. So like, how do you get away with that? So he actually goes into a different disguise and has a daughter this time. So like, it's it's a whole new thing. It's coming out right before the election, uh, which is great because it's going to be around wacky that. Shit. It's going to be around that. I think it's going to try and influence you to not vote for yeah, the yeah, current yeah, person yeah, in yeah, office. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, there's there's that. Uh, you know, my pick of the week was almost the debate, but I'll I'll digress. Uh, we record the next two debate nights, so we got to get done quick those nights because I'm not trying. I'm trying to watch those, um, <laughs> but regardless. I'm psyched to tell for this movie. I have a feeling because I Borat one is one of my favorite movies in the past 20 years. I think it's so good. So funny. Hilarious. It's so rewatchable. So what I hope is that this isn't just a cheap sequel. I mean, it's like, I think 14 years old or, you know, at least a decade since the last one. So, I have a good feeling. I mean, it's through Amazon. You know, Amazon's not cheap. They got money. I think there's something that the budget that I'm sure he, you know, the budget he asked for, I'm sure wasn't crazy. And I'm sure Amazon easily, easily obliged. He might've self-produced this and sold it to Amazon post because there was speculation of where it's going to land. That tells me that Amazon didn't really have its hand in the budgeting. They just bought the sure. rights to it. Oh, good point. Good point. But at the same time, at the same time, this is Borat. It's a very, you know, as silly as he is as a character, it's a very serious IP to own. And it's something that, you don't just make another Borat film to make a Borat film. This one has a point. It's going to be very political, this, that, and the other. So I feel like it's going to have merit. It's going to stand up. And if it's just half as funny as the first one, I'll take that. Yes, same. I mean, I, I, I don't, it might be not a day one watch, but probably the first weekend it'll be watched. A sequel we don't need. The Lion King is getting a sequel. The live action version of The Lion King is going to get a sequel. I repeat, The Lion King getting a sequel. <laughs> I, I still have yet to see it. I, I still do want to see it. No, you don't. Um, no, you don't. Don't waste I mean, time. I, I just have to. I, but I, you I have do, Disney Plus and you've had it for a year and you don't ha- and you haven't watched it yet. So it's not like I'm you are yourself. Lazy. You don't know yourself. I, it's, it's definitely a sequel that I don't, I don't think we need it, but Disney's just probably going to try to soak up all the money they can from the franchise. It, it was so bad. It was so bad. Hakuna Matata is just, it was just butchered. Seth Rogen, man, is not He's just not Timon or Pumbaa. I can't even remember. No, I, 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 can see, I, can, I can see that. He, he's just bad. And like, he can't sing. And so like, they made him sing and it's so bad. Just watch the animated one. Skip the sequel. You don't need it. The Lion King 2. I wouldn't be surprised if it's directed Disney Plus because a lot of those weird Disney sequels are. Just please, for the love of God, stay away from this one. It's just going to be a bomb. That's what, that's my thought. Yeah, it'll make money, but it will be a thirty on Rotten Tomatoes across the board. As we move into television, interested to, to hear your thoughts if this is going to be a bomb or it's got legs. Uh, as long as it's got eyes, Nick Fury is getting his very own Disney Plus series, and he will be played by Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, I guess it all depends what story they're trying to tell. Of course, they're going to probably have to have some cool cameos. It can't just be him, you know, without the event, like an Avenger or a new character or something like that. So I'm interested to see where they go with it. You know, of course, I'm on board. Well, they'll have, what's her name? Maria, I think her name is. Maria Hill. Yeah, they'll have her in it and and all this. My thing is, this is a six-episode miniseries, one season, and they're done. That's what my personal thought is. Uh, yeah, because you know, Samuel's doing a lot. He's still doing movies, so I, yeah, I, I can't say being tied down too long. I, I mean, that just seems to be the trend for a lot of these MCU shows is, you know, six episodes and we'll we'll maybe see about a season two. I just don't think this will have enough legs. But also, what story do you tell in just six episodes? So I can see it both ways. But And I'll watch it. At least I'll give the first episode a shot just because I'll give anything a shot, at least the first yeah. episode. But this is something I didn't need and I'm not overly hyped for yeah, either my I'm, I'm neutral, man. Like yeah. I'm just like, okay, you know, it's you know, there's already 15 shows down the line. Like, keep delaying everything. Let's just keep announcing. Yeah, uh, you know, Nick Fury, good character, fun character. I'd like to see what happens to him when he gets dusted at the end of uh, Infinity War, and that's where it picks up. I'd be okay with that. I guess I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we'll, we'll see where they go. Too we, early to tell yet. We have our new. 
Batwoman. We got our first look at uh, Miss Leslie in the uh, in the costume. Yeah, first look in the costume. I, I thought she was fine. Um, I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm interested to see where they take that storyline without uh, Ruby Rose. I'm I'm thinking it's Yavisha or Javisha or Yavisia or Javisia. It's one of those, but I'm thinking it's Yavisha. That's where I'm going to go. I don't really know her from too much. I know we've already announced that she's been cast. We talked about that a while ago, but she put out a picture of her in the suit now. So we have a little bit of visual to accompany the name. Yeah. Uh, it looked fine. It just looked like Ruby Rose's suit. Yeah, it, it, it just looked okay. You know, again, you to show me in the episode where our character's coming from, where the storyline is. That's what I'm interested to see next. Uh, Iman Vellani has been cast as Kamala Khan in the titular Miss Marvel series. Uh, Vellani's 18 years old, never really been in anything. So a brand newcomer and getting propelled into the MCU. And also, uh, if if I guess she does well, there are already rumors and talks that she's going to make her way to the films as well. I mean, great for her, of course. Uh, hopefully, an up and coming actor. It's good to see like they went with someone new. I don't really care for the character, to be honest. And Marvel, uh, like her and Squirrel, I don't give a, a shit. Yeah. But again, I, I hope I, I want I want them to do good, so we we can start getting more of these obscure characters. You know, not just from Marvel, from DC also. So of well, course, I want them to do good. You know, like I think of like Star Girl and how that kind of came out of nowhere to be such a a pleasant surprise that something like you know. But at least there, like at least for me in that point, I knew I know Stargirl and I actually like. But I, I'm talking I like about. It. But I mean the casual. The casual might not know Stargirl. The casual yeah, no, might true. not know Miss Marvel. But where Miss Marvel is gaining popularity is the video game. Marvel's Avengers. Kamala yeah, Khan. That, yeah, that's where she's shining. She, she's the main character, and she is shining. Apparently, the she ever you know. In polls, she's like the runaway favorite character of that game. So yeah, you know, I think that the timing. The snowball is rolling in the right direction. The timing of this is good, and that's it's good. It's exciting. And and the the actress that played her in the in the Avengers game, uh, Noel Noel North actually did like a little one on one interview on the Retro Re- Replay YouTube channel, and she was really so really cool. So I'm glad that uh, the character's getting some success. Yeah, and, and I think by the time this series actually hits, you know, the hype from the Marvels game will be dead. It's already kind of dead. So uh, it it might be like Tiger King, just a little too late, but maybe. Yeah. Uh, Villani can bring a lot to this role and, and maybe bring Miss Marvel back into relevance. Uh, Resident Evil is getting a second, a second Netflix series. I mean, okay, guys, you want they have like, like Amazon, they got a lot of money. Uh, Resident Evil realm, I'm, I'm in, you know, you got you got my uh, you got me at least for one episode of each series, minimum. Um, the live action I'm completely in on. This is going to be a CG. So this isn't going to be a second live action. This is actually going to come in 2021. It's going to be called Infinite Darkness. I believe Leon Kennedy is. Yeah, Claire Redfield and Leon Kennedy are going to be the two main characters. So this one's more of like the fan service for the video games that yeah. the fans of those are looking forward to. Remember that the live action is going to be about Albert Wesker's teenage uh, twin daughters. So a uh, character we've never really seen before. So yeah, I think that this is a wonderful move, and I'm really looking forward to uh, Leon, who I love from RE4, and anybody that's a Redfield is is big win in my book. So for like yeah. the the video game fans and the and the Resident Evil, like I don't know too much, but I know those names. I think that'll be the appeal there for them. But on the other hand, it's CG, and it just takes a lot for me to get into animated stuff without trying to fall asleep. So. I'm more looking forward to the live action. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Again, I'm still going to give both a shake and I'm going to give them the watch one. If I like it, which I'm sure I will, I'm in it for the long haul. The Rock announces a bunch of casting choices for Young Rock. Yeah, for this for something I, I had no interest in, to be honest. I mean, it's cool that he's going to tell his story. Of course, I can respect that, but this is like on the, on the back burner for me. Yeah, Young Rock, first of all, the name is just putrid. It's just It just reminds me of Young Sheldon, like just way too much. Um, I don't think it's a story we necessarily need. They're casting three different versions of The Rock. So like, it, it's I, like... I don't know. I, I, and I love The Rock. It's just, I really don't have any interest in watching this. I'd rather be watching or playing so much other shit. It's it's very, very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's very rare when you and I don't really want to give a show a chance. Um, and that's kind of where we're at with this. Um, yeah. It's going to crack... I mean, hey, it's, it's the rocket. It'll, it'll do good. He'll get his views. And 
you know, just a story again that I'll, I'm good. Yeah, like, I, I'm good. Bradley Constant will uh, portray The Rock at age 15. Uh, Uli Latufuk, uh, Latufuku. Hold on, I can do this one. Latukfu or Latekafu. I'm not really sure. He will play him from ages 18 to 20. And uh, Adrian Gralks will play him at age 10. So we're going to get 10, 15, and 18 to 20. So about a decade of his life, um, none of which are the actual rocks. So it's kind of like Yeah, so good luck. (laughs) That's that's where I think we're at on that one. It's just like, I I hope you do well. I just don't care. Uh, The Cowboy Bebop series, which is it a series or is it a movie? No, it's an eight-episode eight Netflix series. Right. And the Lord of the Rings Amazon series have both resumed production, but in New Zealand, because they've done so well with the coronavirus. No, it's great to hear that they figured out a way to start shooting both. We know that the Cowboy Bebop was shut down when um, um, he, uh, the lead was was actually hurt. Uh, John Cho, he was actually hurt on set filming a scene. So that he's back and healed, and uh, Lord of the Rings is back on track. All the money that Amazon threw at that show. They better be shooting. Yeah, New Zealand had has fully reopened. They yeah, reopened yeah. months ago. That I believe they had like single digit cases of the coronavirus because they handled yep. it so well. So it's it makes sense for our infected asses to go over there. Um, yep, hundred percent. I don't. I I thought there was like an international travel ban. I guess New Zealand's not a part of that. But what are you going to do? Uh, it's listen. Th- we had a segment on the show called the way hate is the hottest pop. And now we don't have to do that anymore because the wait's over. Things are coming back, and that's so exciting. I, I'm just yeah, so, I'm so happy. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Last one. This one's for you, buddy. F is for Family has been renewed for a fifth season, but it will be its final one. Yeah, that's the Bill Burr, the animated F is for Family on Netflix that I, I find very funny. I love the actors that he has on there. I think it's great. They have great chemistry, and it's good to see them get to you know, finish out the show and kind of wrap up the show that they want to do rather than just kind of getting nipped in the bud. I'm going to hit you with two album reviews mixed together to make one review. I'm not going to go both. I'm going to go with, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go uh, solo here. We go with both of them at once. I'm talking about elder brother. I won't fade on you and guardrails debut. Yikes. The EP now, uh, elder brothers, a band I've loved for a couple of years. Their 2018 record, I cannot remember the name off the top of my head, is one of my favorite records of that year. Uh, I'm super psyched for I Won't Fade On You. They were actually my pick of the week on this show before. And then when we got approached to review the record, I was like, uh, hell yeah, I want to I listen to this record early. It is out today. So by the time you're hearing this, you're going to be able to get your hands on it. I Won't Fade On You. Um, check it out wherever you get your audible goodness. But keep in mind that it is available on Spotify and places like that. Uh, the titular track, I Won't Fade On You, is number one. Halloween is my favorite track on the record. It is number two. And number four, I Get So Tired Of You. They're my three songs that I would highly, highly recommend. So again, the title track, Halloween, and I Get So Tired Of You. Meanwhile, Guardrail, on the other hand, is a completely different type of band. I once uh, had, I had once called Elder Brother brand new in 2020 if brand new was still around. And I think Elder Brother has swayed, pardon it, a, a little bit from that. Um, they've kind of created their own sound with this record. It sounds a little bit less polished than their previous records, and I think that's on on purpose. I think it's a little intentional. Um, but Guardrail, a different breed of music. It's definitely that up, like that that high energy, high octane punk sound, um, that Midwesty kind of thing. It's got going on there. I love the record. It's called Yikes. Again, it's six songs. They're out of Chicago, just like our boys, The Audition. Um, this is a six-track record. I talked about their first uh, song. I'm sorry, their first single off of that, Till We're Dead, before on this show. I'm happy to say that that's still the best song on the record, but it's a really good record. Really, anyway, until We're Dead, of the, the six tracks, they're the three I would recommend. So, I Won't Fade On You by Elder Brother and the Yikes EP by Guardrail. Both very, very highly uh, recommended listens, but different listens. Don't go into these records thinking you're getting the same type of band as, I, you know, I love my pop punk. This is a little bit different. And Guardrail just signed with Open Your Ear Records, which, if you'll remember, Sam, is the label for our friends in House and Home. 
Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So guardrail, thank you to Neil. Neil's an awesome guy over at open your ears. Um, guardrail along with our friends house and home. They're making up a lot of, of open your ears records right now. I would love an open your ears tour, maybe coming through Philly, check out guardrail and house and home at the same time. That'd be pretty sick. I think house and home even released a new song recently. I'm pretty sure I'm not a hundred percent on that, but anyway, both highly recommended the yikes EP by guardrail and especially elder brother. I won't fade on you, Sam. It's time for your CGC spotlight. CGC Spotlight this week is Batman 234. This is the first Silver Age appearance of Two-Face and Robin backup story. I have it in 9-0 off-white white pages. This came out in August 1971, so it's a nice little bronze Age key. It's a Denny O'Neill story and Mike and Mike Frederick, Neil Adams and Irv Novak art, and of course the Neil Adams cover, which is if you know this cover, Batman 234, it's the classic Neil Adams. Kind of bring a new life into Batman during his run. There was a, there's actually 944 total blue labels on the census. There's, surprisingly, there's 18 9.8s, 38 9.6s, 90 9.4s, 73 9.2s, and 97 9.0s. So, you know, it, it's it's up there. It's not, you know, a rare book you'd want. I definitely can see myself upgrading down the line, but, you know, I'm okay with this 9.0 right now. But the first story we have, it's half an evil. Batman discovers two faces behind the theft, sinking, and raising of an old ship belonging to Captain By, seeking a, you know, seeking gold doubloons and try and trying to figure out, you know, how he's going to get away with it without Batman trying to get him to go down with the ship. So we'll see how the how Batman will escape this one. But if you love Neil Adams, Batman two thirty four is a must own classic cover. And that's it. A little shorter of an episode this week. Um, you know, we didn't have the big state of play Nintendo Direct the Xbox presentation to talk about or, or anything like that. But we had some substantial stuff, the Pokemon stuff, the the uh, Smash Bros fighter and and of course, Nick Fury getting his own series. But uh, uh, yeah, man, yeah. not not our normal length of episode. But you know what? We kind of needed it. Yeah, we did. And, and it's something good just to still get something out there, get people kind of distracted, kind of, you know, a little hour, get them out of the real world for a little bit. You know what? And hopefully this is the last time we have to record over the phone and we have our yeah. new technology next week. That would be delightful. Yeah, hopefully everything works. Fingers crossed. Yeah, well, guess what? We hope to see you next week, but uh, maybe it's on a new platform with some new high-quality audio from both of us. I'm looking forward to that and maybe some few, uh, a few surprises after that along the way, but we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. So uh, hopefully for the last time over the phone, we'll see you next week. And this was episode 205. We'll see you next week for episode 206. Bumper chicken? Hey!